0: If you have uh, ever been in debt before, you kind of understand the awkward feeling, the awkward weight that it can have on you. You've got every mortgage bill coming your way, every bill from the dealer, it's just kind of another reminder that what you think you actually own isn't what you actually own, right? Each one is just kind of saying that ride that you really like that's parked in the garage or in your driveway, that house you call your house, it's technically still ours until you pay us back the money that we loaned you to to get that thing, right? And if you've ever been in a situation, or maybe you know some people who've been in a situation where they have so much debt that they aren't able to pay it back, then you know how awkward, how really awkward things get, because the next level is not just more interest and more payments, it's the debt collectors. And that's never a fun time. It's the letter after letter after letter after letter that just keeps coming into your mailbox. It's the the random calls in the middle of the day, in the middle of the night, in the worst, most inconvenient times from these numbers you have no idea, and the threatening, harassing voicemails that basically are there to say, we're not going to stop until we get what's owed us, right? If you've ever seen that situation, you know how awkward an effect debt can have on a person and what's maybe a little more awkward I might say is not when the debt is uh, monetary but when it's a moral debt if you will uh, when when someone wrongs you or you hurt and, and wrong someone else uh, that can make the debt really awkward right especially when it's between friends especially when it's between family the moral debts think of how we talk about it right we talk about it in terms of a debt don't we we, we say things like you owe me hey uh, get me back what's owed me you you took this from me pay me back or I'm not gonna get mad I'm gonna get even right we, the way we talk about it is because the world has conditioned us to see offenses that have happened to us in terms of a debt And we've kind of been conditioned to be these debt collectors who come after people who sin against us, who wrong against us, and we basically say, hey, make things right, make things square with with us, you owe me. But maybe more awkward still is, what do you do when the debt isn't just a moral debt, but it's a debt against God? because scripture says that's our most vital relationship after all it's the most important thing we have and so if we've got this debt against God well how should he treat us should he become like the debt collector that we are so quick to being with our family with our friends with random strangers calling on other people to pay us back that would be a little awkward and this in so many reasons Is why Jesus put this petition into his model prayer for us that we know as the Lord's Prayer so that we would know and not just know so that we would deal with one another when it comes to the moral debts that we have and the sins and the offenses that have been incurred against us the way God deals with us it brings us to our petition forgive us our debts and the first half of this petition forgive us our debts it takes two seconds to say forgive us our debts great each word deserves about 20 hours to be spent on we obviously won't be doing that this morning but but i want to show you just how massive this is to make sure that we understand this because this is so tied to the gospel that we know and we love and we proclaim in christ and forgiveness i'm going to start with that last word that jesus gives us debts Now, maybe you grew up with the version of the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our trespasses, forgive us our sins, like uh, Jesus, when he gives this prayer again in Luke chapter 11, he uses sins. But right here in Matthew 6, Jesus intentionally uses this word, debts, forgive us our debts. And that is a very good word to use because what that shows is what sin actually does to one another. It creates a debt. So if you've wronged me, If someone has wronged you, what they have done is they've incurred a debt against you, right? So they have taken something from you. They've robbed something from you, happiness, joy, some sort of thing. And in its place, they leave a void of hurt, of pain, of sorrow, of sadness of some sort. There is a debt. And if you understand the debt, then you can understand that first word, forgive. And you'd think, well, we talk about this all the time. Do we really need to talk about forgive? Yeah, because when it comes to forgive, so many times we think we're forgiving and we're really not. Forgive does not mean to minima- minimize. doesn't mean to say, no big deal. doesn't mean to say, it's okay, it's fine, Nobody, it could have been worse. That's not what forgive means. And forgive does not mean to conditionalize It does not mean to say, well, just apologize and we'll call it good. Well, if you just do this, then all is forgiven. Well, if you, if, when, but no. Forgive, the word Jesus uses here, literally means to send something away. It means to send it away that it is gone and it is no more, right? So if you're thinking in terms of a monetary debt, this would be the bank shredding up every paper copy of the note of the loan that you owe them and deleting every digital record of the the loan that you have so it's gone. There is no trail, there is no copy, it is gone. And that is so important to understand And so sandwiched between these important words of forgive and debts are two just as important words, us and our. Forgive us our debts, God, because, boy, have we racked them up against you. And the worst part about our debt against God is unlike a debt that is monetary, you can't pay it back. Like, if you owe grandma, grandpa, parents bank, whatever, money. You can always work harder. You can always spend less. You can always find a way to make more money to get even with your creditors, but not with God. God says, be holy as I, the Lord your God, am holy. So the standard all the way up here, tell me, how can you be holier than holy? How can you be more perfect than perfect? You you can't. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Love the Lord your God with your whole self, right? So if you're to love God with your whole self, tell me, how can you love God with more than your whole self? You you can't, right? Like, you can't go to God and say, okay, God, here's what you say, and I know I'm behind, so I'm going to go above and beyond what you say. Nope, can't do that. You can't earn extra credit with God. You can't earn brownie points with God. It It doesn't work that way. And so my question then is how does that debt affect you? Because when you think about that debt that we've racked up and incurred against God, I think there's at least three ways that we tend to deal with that debt. One of the ways is maybe we just ignore it. Because it's a lot easier to ignore our problems than to actually deal with them. Maybe you Have done this or maybe you know someone who's in this mess where they're guilty and they know it and they feel ashamed of what they've done and they view God as this debt collector and what can I do I messed up I'm ashamed he's probably so mad he's probably so angry at me so I just ignore it because I can't do anything about it and maybe I slowly just kind of walk away from him cut ties with God. Maybe just even embrace it because I can't make up for it. I think another common way that we deal with this debt is a lot of times we minimize it. Just say, yeah, I sinned, but it's not that big of a deal. You know, I, nobody's perfect. There's a whole bunch of people who've got a whole bunch of issues, right? And, and after all, I've got a pretty good excuse. I think God would understand why I did this, so it's not that big of a deal. Don't, you know, just treat it as something massive. It's, it's okay it's, like, if it's a debt at all, and, and just kind of minimize it. Or maybe another way is you view God as this holy debt collector, and maybe you naively think, I can get even. I can get even with God, and so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to work my butt off. I'm going to work my tail off, and I'm just going to be as obedient as possible, and I'm going to stress myself out, but I'm going to submit to every single thing that he says, and I'm going to do that, everything to the letter of the law, absolutely perfect, not out of love, but totally out of fear because i deserve everything that's coming to me but maybe just maybe if i do these things and i can look at god and say well actually you owe me now because we're, we're even we're squares so you don't owe me any sort of punishment and oh man i like, guess probably more ways that we deal with this debt what if we just what if we just looked at the debt for what it is and tried out jesus advice and asked and begged and pleaded god forgive us our sins That we didn't minimize it. We didn't ignore it. We didn't naively think that we could pay for it. But instead we just say, God, if I had 10,000 lifetimes, I still couldn't make up for this. And yet my only hope is that you would send it away. That you would cancel this debt. That if I put my hands on the scapegoat of Christ, per se, that you would send my sin as far as the east is from the west, because that's the only hope I have. And the best part about this petition is you don't have to wonder how God is going to answer it. You don't have to be hoping he's going to say yes, but never sure, maybe he'll actually say no, because we've got an answer. It's a cross. Jesus Christ crucified on it. And I love the way Paul puts it in Colossians 2. Paul says, He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, right? which stood against us and condemned us. He's taken it away, nailing it to the cross. God sent your sin away, but he didn't just send it into some random place no he he sent it to christ on the cross nailed it right there as jesus christ put his whole and holy and perfect life and self into your account and the great thing about this deposit if you will of grace into your account is that it's so big, you will never be able to outspend it. Like, if the, if the bank called you tomorrow and said, hey, we're canceling your mortgage, and we're forgiving student loans, and your credit card debt is just whew, wiped out, gone, you would probably be one of the happiest people on the face of the earth that day. I have a feeling. But what God did in Christ is infinitely greater than that. Because while it's great to be square and even with the bank and be back at zero, what God did, he didn't just make you even. He didn't just say okay your sins are gone and and now we're square and we're good no he put a deposit into your account so big that he paid for not just your past sins but your present and your future as well so that that in the future there will never be a sin you commit there will never be an amount of sins you commit that is so great that god says whoa overdraft you spent way more than the grace here okay guess what now you owe me no where sin increased Grace increased all the more, right? You will never be able to outspend it. That is the beauty and the amazing thing when we pray, forgive us our debts, our trespasses, our sins. And it might be great if that's all this petition was. But the part B, the part two, the second part of this petition, some have argued, Is maybe the most difficult thing to pray as we also have forgiven our debtors I know it's easy to rattle off those words and think nothing of it we kind of talked about that in this series but I want you to just really think about that those words and I want to ask you who are the names and who are the faces that come across your mind when you pray those words as we also have forgiven our debtors who are the people that have wronged you is it an ex who robbed you of your happily ever after because of the way he or she treated you and the ugly things they said to you and how they just ripped the family apart with that divorce is it a friend who stabbed you in the back with their gossip when you found out about like what they were saying about you to all of their friends behind your back trashing your reputation is it someone who just walked all over you because they could because they had power because they had authority because they had the influence and you just were getting in the way or someone who used you as a means to an end or or is it a parent who promised that they will always be there for you, and then when you needed them the most, they were not there? Is it a spouse who is less than perfect and is less than supportive of you in this moment right now? Who is it when you think about that? And when you do think about that, how do you deal with that debt that's been incurred against you? Because I don't know about you, forgiveness seems like the most unnatural thing. Are you the person who just holds on to a grudge for years and years and years? And you hold on to this grudge so much that every time you think about this person or you think about what was done, you, you don't just get emotional, you physically get shaken, you physically change. Do you shun that person until they make things right? Do you just give them the cold shoulder and the silent treatment until they apologize and and give back what is owed you? Is that how you deal with it? Or are you the person who looks at that person and to everybody else, you just say, well, I just want you to know what kind of a person this is and what they did. But it's under the righteous guise after all of, hey, I'm just looking out for you. But really, inside your heart, all you're doing is trying to hurt them and get back at them for as much as they hurt you. Like I said, the world has conditioned us to be debt collectors, and when we are hurt and when we are wronged, hurt people hurt people, and we want to get right back at them, and we want to just come in and collect on the debt, and we'll go through any sort of way that we can say, guess what? Whatever it takes, I am going to get you back, and if it means hurting you in the way you hurt me, fine, but I'm going to get even. And can I ask you, what do you get out of being a debt collector like that? I think especially in our day and age today, we think that holding on to this debt somehow gives us a moral position, platform over someone. I've got a righteous platform over this person. We we sort of feel like it's empowering, right? There was an injustice that's done to me, and now I'm empowered to make sure things get right. Here's the thing. It doesn't empower you. It enslaves you. It controls you. Do you want to know how I know that? Having done years of counseling with people and having them come into my office and talk about this person, this thing that was done to them, and then they want to go to this event, but then there's that person... He's going to be there. She's going to be there. Never mind. I don't want to have anything to do. Does that sound like empowerment? No, that's slavery. That debt is controlling you. It is owning you. When you think of that person, you say, I can't even be in the same room as that person. That is controlling you. And the longer you cling to this victim card of saying, well, this is what was done to me, and I need everybody to know what happened to me, the longer you are going to be in your own prison of emotional misery. And I know what you think. Well, if they just make it up, if they would just do fill in the blank, if they would just make things right, then we can move on. You realize how foolish that is? Can that person, whatever it is that you're thinking of, could they ever do enough to make up for what they did? Can they ever give you back the happiness and the joy that they took you from they took from you? Can they ever apologize enough to just erase the hurt and the pain that was done, to make you forget it? The answer is, of course not. That'll never happen. And the longer you cling to that debt and withhold that forgiveness, the longer you stay in a prison of your own making. But it's not just an emotional toll that it takes. Jesus says you might be in danger of a spiritual toll, of shipwrecking your faith. The last words that he said, kind of a commentary on this petition, here's what Jesus said. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins... Your Father will not forgive your sins. That's pretty bold. And I think you see how important forgiveness is to God. He ties your reception of his forgiveness directly to your willingness to forgive or not forgive someone else when they've wronged you. And that's huge. And if you are actively withholding forgiveness and saying, no way, I'm not going to do it. At the very least, you are blocking the gospel into your life. At worst, you are showing that you never actually believed the gospel in the first place. And I know what some people, when they hear this, they may be thinking, pastor, you don't understand. You don't understand the hurt. You don't understand the pain. You don't understand what they did. You don't understand, how can I just send it away? How can I just let it go? And what I say to that is, you're right, I don't understand. And there's probably hundreds of examples that our church has of things that I won't be able to empathize with. But you know what your God says in these words? I understand. And he points you right to a cross. A cross with his own son on it. To show you, I get it. I get it better than anybody else, the pain that sin can cause. He points you to a cross to show you just how much your sin hurt God. Killed his own son. But he doesn't point you across to make you feel guilty he points you to the cross to show you how you can forgive in the same way he forgave you this is why We need this petition. Why God so wisely gave us this petition in his model prayer, because one of the greatest spiritual needs that we have again and again and again is to remind ourselves every single day of just where we stand with God, deserving of absolutely nothing, totally indebted to him, and yet just how much he canceled our debts. God, I deserve nothing from you. God, I owe you everything and I ask you to forgive it. And God says, yes. Here you go. Here is my mercy. Here is my grace. You can't outspend it. And I'm going to shower it on you every day. We need to be reminded of that every single day so that we know how to treat other people when they are in debt against us. To to wrap this whole thing up into our big idea, if you want to take these notes, how can I forgive someone our canceled debts compel us to cancel theirs. It's as simple as that. And I know that maybe that person you're thinking of, I know they owe you. Yep. But you owed God infinitely more. And he did not become this debt collector calling you, knocking on your door, saying, when are you going to pay up? But instead, he sent his son to cancel, to send away, to forgive all of your debts. So you could have compassion and cancel theirs. Because you know what forgiven people do? They forgive people. So if there is someone, that you are really struggling with, holding on to a grudge, figuring out how in the world am I going to forgive this person, Pause and ponder on this petition. Forgive us our debts. Just think of where you stand with God. Think of all the debt that he just forgave. That he didn't collect. That he says, you don't owe me a thing. And then, that is what will free you to not only forgive that other person, but also free you from your own prison amen please stand as we've been doing so far in this series uh, we're going to continue on with our confession of faith using the fifth petition from luther's small catechism join with me in reading these words forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us what does this mean we pray in this petition that our Father in heaven would not look upon our sins or because of them deny our prayers. For we are worthy of none of the things for which we ask, neither have we deserved them, but we ask that he would give them all to us by grace. For we daily sin much and surely deserve nothing but punishment. So we too will forgive from the heart and gladly do good to those who sin against us.